Um, let's listen to the Lord speak to us through his word. And we're reading today from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, starting at verse 8 and continuing to verse 14. So Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 8 to 14. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of life is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it's shameful to even speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Well, good morning. It's wonderful to come together. Wonderful to sing God's praises. And thank you to Kev as he leads us through the service today. We continue working our way through Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, please have them open to the passage that was just read to us. I'll pray and then we'll begin. Father, we need your help. Lord, it's so easy to read your word and to walk away and as if we had done nothing. Lord, we don't want to be like the man who looks in the mirror and walks away and forgets what he looks like. And so, Father, this morning we pray that you would pour out your grace upon us, that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see. Lord, that as we look at your word, your word would speak to us and that you would have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. In chapter 5, we started looking at sort of a section that ties in four little things, really. first one that Jared took us through was, as Christians, we're not to walk as the Gentiles walk. Last week, we saw we're to walk in love. Today, we're going to focus on our exhortation to walk in the light. Next week, well, in a few weeks' time, the next section, that is about walking in wisdom. So the verses that Sandy read to us are about walking in the light. When we look at the world, there's an outline up there. It just caught my eye. It might help this morning. But when we look at the world that we live in, and you think about the world, and we just heard from Warren a bit about American politics, we look at our own country and the way laws and things are changing, we start to... It seems as though a lot of our Western countries, things are unraveling a bit or becoming more and more chaotic. And what's the common direction that we go if we want to try and fix things or improve things? We say we need a better education. We say we need science. Science is the new religion that seems as though it's going to be able to answer everything. It's the new infallible word. We need science. But another thing that gets put in the mix, we need a little less of God. Or ideally, we need no God. We'd be best for us all if we just kept that Bible out of it. And so the world encourages Christians to have a really private faith. We don't want Christians to have too much input or have too much to say because we don't like it. And so more and more we see Christians even blending in. 
Or one of the things that you even find is trying to reach the world by really, really, really emphasizing how much we actually have in common with the world. Because the world doesn't like a lot of what the Bible has to say, but they think if we can show them all the things that actually say we're not that much different to you, then we'll have a bridge. But the answer is that God tells us again and again in his Bible, if you leave God out, society, your families, your marriages, your own life will just be a continual groping in the darkness. Out where we live, when the sun, when you have those nights where there's no moon, it's very dark. We kid ourselves in thinking we really know what we need to do and where we're going, but God says we're still groping in the dark. I want to live in a way that honors God. I want to live in a way that pleases Him. I want to know the way. If God tells us how we're to live, I want to know it. And I pray that's you as well. If God has an answer for us and answers for us, for our society, for our marriages, for our home, for our life, I want to know if there's a way to walk that is best. And God's got it. I want to hear what God has to say. And that's why we're going to really focus in on these verses today. Because we need to hear what God has to say. Otherwise, we'll just be groping in the darkness being tossed back and forth by all the things that our society keeps telling us. So in your Bibles, in Ephesians 5, 8 to 14, we see God's answer to how we need to live in the dark world, in a world that just doesn't want God, in a world that just thinks it has all the answers. God speaks to us here about how we need to respond as his people. And I'm forewarning you now, end of the message today there's a time for us to respond in prayer so please if as things come up jot something down just remember it so that as we see in the bible again and again people hear the word of god and then they respond and so at the close i'll have a short prayer and then leave a time for us to respond to the things that god has confronted us with that we can together pray and then we'll close but as we look at it this morning, two clear things that the Bible again and again points out. Got the sort of in the smaller font to the right. First, the doctrine, then the life. That's what Paul constantly says to Timothy. Watch your life and doctrine. We need the doctrine so that we're thinking rightly. But then doctrine God gives us isn't just to a dead end. It's to change us that we might live rightly. The Apostle John writes, you have truth unto love. It's the same thing. We want to hear the truth. And then how that plays out in our life is love. As Christians, we don't do things mindlessly. We don't just do things for the sake of doing it. We have a reason for how we live. We have a reason for what we do. If we ever find ourselves living or doing things just because we think it's a good idea or because we have no reason to do it, we should stop. All that we do, the Bible gives us the instructions we need. So firstly, let's think rightly. And our passage... From darkness to light, this is where it all begins. This sets up for how and why we should live the way we should live. And we see there in verse 8, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Here's a verse you might remember from 1 John 1, 1.5. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. 
For us to understand darkness and light, we actually need to understand God. Everything starts with God. For us to understand love, we have to start with God because God is love. We don't go to God with our definitions of love. God defines it. For us to understand what is light, we start with God. And God by nature is pure, unadulterated light, which means there's nothing evil in God at all. He is perfect in his nature. Perfect. And darkness is the opposite. Darkness is all that is not of God. And our passage tells us here, God tells us, for at one time you were darkness. That gets personal. You are by nature the opposite of God. Before you were saved, you were darkness. The Bible doesn't say you had a problem with a bit of darkness. The Bible doesn't say that somehow you were shrouded by darkness or that there was darkness and a little bit of light. The Bible is far more direct. The Bible simply and directly says you were darkness. So if you're ever told and the world would have us think that by nature we're actually good, there's light in there, that's a lie. By nature we are darkness. You know you're darkness by nature. You don't have to be taught how to live in darkness. You sin so naturally. And not just so naturally, with such desire. The sins that you give yourself to are often because it pleases your appetite. It's what you want to do. We're at home in the darkness. We love sin. We approve of sin. The Bible says, calls it, we call evil good. We celebrate sin. We look for ways, the Bible says, even to, to sin, inventing ways of sinning. Such is our nature. And so it's foolish to think that the way we can move forward, the way we can save ourselves, is to look inwardly. I'm sure you've heard people say that. Because you're not going to find a light within. The reality is the more you look inside yourself honestly the deeper you look inside yourself honestly the more you'll realize how great is your darkness and so being by nature darkness as we've seen earlier in the chapter we are by nature objects of god's wrath that's the truth that's the doctrine but then we see in our verse but now you are light in the lord everything changes in the lord Praise be to God, for by grace you have been saved from the darkness through faith in Jesus Christ, the Lord. We read at the start of our service, remember what happened in the beginning. God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. In the very same way, and we've seen it as we've gone through Ephesians in chapters 1 and 2, make it very clear in the same way, God spoke light into our darkness. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shone in your hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God in his mercy spoke into your darkness. If God did not speak a work of creation in you, you would still be as pitch black as the first day God looked into space and created the heavens and the earth.
God spoke into your darkness. He put the lights on. And who did you see? Jesus. You realized you were a sinner who needed to be saved. You realize if you gave your life to Jesus by putting your trust in him, God could take you out of the darkness because of what Jesus did on the cross, as we've remembered here. Jesus bore God's wrath. Jesus bore everything that your darkness would receive that you might not receive it. He paid for your sin. God in his mercy has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light through faith in Jesus Christ. And what's the result? For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light. Those words are so wonderful and encouraging and thrilling. No matter your past, no matter what you have done, no matter what you've been through, just as you were once darkness, God actually says you are now light. It's absolute. God no longer sees the darkness and all your deeds of darkness. God doesn't see you still with this mixture of darkness and light as if the baggage is still mixed in amongst his light. It's gone. As you switch a light on in the dark room and the light makes the darkness flee, God has shone his light in you. Your darkness is gone. You are pure light in Jesus. That's more wonderful than we can comprehend. He looks at you or me in Christ and he sees you. Pure. Light. As if you had never sinned. As if you had never been a creature of darkness. And so God has declared us light through the sacrificial work of Jesus on the cross. That's how. And he's changed us. Having shone his light in us, we now see things differently. Because before we didn't see what was of the darkness, but now we see. We've been changed from within. And now God is changing us. Now the Spirit of God is at work in us to perfect us, to become that which God has declared us. Light. He's transforming us. God, our Heavenly Father, is the Father of light. His God is light. And He's made us His children to be like Him. And so what does God say we are? Or who we are? We are children of light. We are God's children. And so what's the natural following that we see in verse 8? For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Live who you are. Live whom God has made you to be. This is not legalism. The charge of legalism when you've been exhorted to watch how you live and to live in a special way, that's not legalism. It's only legalism if the Bible is saying this is what you need to do so as to be saved, so as to become light. But how does it work? It says you are light. That's first. Walk in the light. That's second. Just as early we saw in that chapter, why do we walk in love? Because we are in the love of God. We love children. Why do we walk in the light? Because God has made us light. And so the way we respond to what we look at this morning, the way we respond to anything in the Bible, the call to walk in the light will make known. And it's to ourselves and to others. If we have the light, how we respond reveals how we put God's word into practice. 
And so given this is what God's done, that's the doctrine, that's the truth. How should we live? How should we walk in the light? First thing we see there, bear good fruit. So verse 9, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good, right and true. Picture of trees and orchards and fruit trees is common in the Bible. And that picture comes up again here. Think of yourself as a tree. When I was younger, I still do hate doing things up front with plays and dramas. The best role I ever had was as a tree. I just had to stand there. But here God doesn't want us to be barren trees. He wants us to actually be active, alive trees, bearing good fruit. But how do we do that? The fruit of light is found. This is where we need to be living. And all that is good and right and true. All that is good, that's goodness. If we're not living in goodness, we will not bear the fruit. What does it mean for something to be good? How quickly you and I can be guided by our feelings. How I feel determines if something is good, and that's what the world does. But men and women of darkness actually find sin makes them feel good. So that's not really helpful. But the Bible clearly declares that what is good is not subjective. It's plainly and thoroughly objective because what is good is defined by God himself. Remember what Jesus told the rich young ruler? There is no one good but God. God is good. If we are to bear the fruit of light that is found in what is good, then we must only engage with that which is of God, of godly things, of good things. Things that are approved by the character of God. Second, if we want to bear the fruit of the light, we need to be found living in what is right or righteousness. How is something or what makes something righteous? In the Bible, righteousness has to do with what is lawful, what abides by the laws of God. When you break God's laws, you shift to being unrighteous. Sin is lawlessness. And so if we are to be people who bring forth fruit of the light, we need to hold to the word of God. We need to stand fast in his word. We shouldn't steal. We shouldn't covet. We shouldn't take his name in vain. And the fruit of the light is found in what is true, in the truth. Our world says what's true for you is true for you. Truth is relative. But again, God says it's not up to us. There's an objective place we can look to know what is true just as we can look to know what is good, and it's God himself. Jesus also said, I am the way and the truth. So if we are to bear the fruit of the light in what is true, then we've got to engage with all that Jesus calls us to do. We've got to hold to his word. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. So how are we going to find out about goodness, righteousness, and truth? Because that's the place we need to be if we're going to be trees that are fruitful. We've got to go to the Bible. 
If our Bibles are clothed, the tree is going to be bare. Because as we know God in his goodness and his righteousness and truth, that is there we will learn to know how to live and what to do, how to speak. So if we are to walk as children of the light, being fruitful, our lives need to be approved and guided by the word of God. Secondly, walking in the light means we need to live lives that please the Lord, please Jesus. And we know that what pleases the Lord might not be what pleases you. We can be fooled by our society to think that what we pleases us should actually please the Lord. That's common today. Because we think our world's got morality right. We grow up thinking that must be true. And because we are so convinced that's the truth, therefore God must fit that truth. And we take what the world says to God and impose it upon him. We've got to come back to the word. We've got to hear what Jesus has to say. And then when I hear what Jesus says, then I know what the truth is. And what pleases the Lord. And what's going to drive us to want to please the Lord? It's love. When I first met Bryony, I didn't know her very well, obviously. And then we got to know each other. The more I got to know Bryony, the more I discovered what pleased her. Even to the point. What do you call that cheese? Halloumi cheese? Is that the fried cheese? I think it's good. Discovered Bryony really likes that. And I love Bryony. And she was in the middle of her study and she was stuck in her room at Bible College. So I went for a long walk down King Street in Newtown till I found a place that sold halloumi. They put it in their little box. I went back and took it to her. It was a very successful evening of pleasing Bryony. But why did I do that? Because I loved her and wanted her to be happy and wanted to please her. And what drove it? Not a stick. Love. The same with the Lord. If you love him, you'll want to please him. Living a life of love for Jesus will result in you wanting to live a life that pleases him. And how are you going to get to know Jesus? How are you going to deepen a relationship with Jesus? Back to the word. That's where we learn about Jesus. So if you want to walk as a child of the light, being fruitful, you need to know Jesus more. And things that Jesus likes and pleases him is honoring him caring for the poor and the needy caring for widows putting his words into practice but then we also have it sort of in the negative if we're to walk in the light and be fruitful don't partake in the works of darkness we can't dabble in works of darkness why because light and darkness don't mix it's either light or darkness. It's like night and day. As God's children, we are people of the day, not people of the night. Either you're going to shine or you're going to switch it off. And the Christian life has no dimmer switch. We must watch, lest in some situations we shine and in others we hide. I know in my own life how quickly and naturally you can morph yourself with each environment in which you are, with the people at the footy club, 
with people at work or with people in family. If you don't watch it, you just naturally mold to the darkness so as not to stand out. But here we are called, don't blend in. Don't partake in the darkness. Why? Because it's unfruitful. That's what it says there. Don't take part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Being unfruitful is always a warning in the Bible. Jesus says the barren tree, the unfruitful tree, will be cut down. John the Baptist preached and exhorted the people more than don't be barren trees, you'll be cut down and thrown into the fire. If we partake in the works of darkness, then we share in the unfruitful deeds. Not that we are nothing, but it's not the fruit that God, the gardener, God, the owner of the orchard is looking for on his tree. He's looking for the fruit that he desires. And if we're going to be partaking in works of darkness, it'll be the wrong fruit. We'll be considered unfruitful in the things of God. And 1 John chapter 3, have a read of it later today, 1 John 3, 6. If we persistently partake in the unfruitful works of darkness, we're showing we're still part of the darkness. And we should run to the Lord and ask him, search my heart. Help me know, help me repent, help me change. Because if there's indifference and no desire to leave it, then we must ask. And the Bible says again for us, actually examine our lives to work out if we are of the faith. And so we should examine our trees, examine the fruiting of our trees and see, is it showing to be fruit of light? Because those who are children of God will not partake in works of darkness. And the sort of things that we've been exhorted about will mean fleeing greed, not coveting, not being sexually immoral. Because those things are unfruitful. Instead, we'll be generous, content, pure and holy. And so we actually have a very important role in the world. That's D. Because as we shine, we expose the darkness. Verse 11 and 12. It says, take no part in the unfruit of darkness, but instead expose them. Show darkness for what it is. Matthew 5, 15 to 16. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. That's extraordinary because 1 John says, Jesus is the light of the world. And then we read on that we, the children of God, those who are the body of Christ, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but they put it on a stand and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. God says people are going to look at you if you're a child of God and you ought to be functioning as the light of the world. And we do that as a whole. We are the light of the world. And so we're to be like Christ in the world. We can't be hidden. We've got to be on the hilltop. We can't be under the bed. We've got to be on the stand. 
and we shine brightly as we live out lives of goodness and righteousness and truth and all that pleases God. And that's so important because that is how God will receive glory in the world. As we shine, we are people who are living to bring glory to God. And we can expect opposition. We know it. That's why we so naturally can shrink back or pull the covers over or dim the switch because we just instinctively have this, don't want that awkwardness. I don't want that reaction. I don't want that response. So quickly we can dim our lights because we know there will be pushback. But God says, shine. And he will help us to do that through the Holy Spirit. No one will really suffer in the world, the Bible says, just by calling yourself a Christian. No one's really going to suffer in the world as a Christian just by saying you go to church. The Bible says plainly, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life, to shine in Christ Jesus, will be persecuted. That's where the rub comes. That's where the pushback comes. When you start living a Christ-like life, not just by calling yourself something. As we shine the truth of God's word, the lives of the world become exposed. As we shine sexual purity in our relationships and marriage, the sexual immorality of the world is exposed. As we fill our mouths with words that please God, wholesome speech, the unwholesome speech and lies of the world are exposed. As we live generous lives with contentment, the greed of the dark world is exposed. And so the world tries to shut all that stuff down so as not to face conviction, so as to be content, so as to have no shame. We see with SRE, Scripture in schools, the world is trying to shut that down. We don't want light of God taught to our children. We've heard about abortion. Those who love abortion want to snuff out the truth that God's word plainly says we are people from conception in the womb. We are male or females in the womb. And what do we do? We change our language. And you hear high school students say it's just a lump of cells because that's what the world has taught them to think. Or it's just a fetus. Don't allow them to say words like baby. Go back to my mum's generation, you'd say a woman is with child. Go back to the time of Jesus, you'd say a woman is with child, but that is, that's not good for the darkness. That exposes the darkness, so we change our language. So be very careful that you're not just speaking the language of the darkness, because then the darkness is safe. It's not confronted. Same with marriage. Our world wants to redefine marriage and all sorts of relationships. How naturally do we all just use the word partner now? But that's the language really of the darkness because it's all about making every relationship the same. The relationship of marriage between a husband and a wife is no different to any other combination the world wants to put forward. Watch, are we speaking the language of the darkness? Because when you speak the language of the Bible, light shines and the darkness is exposed. The world wants us to have a private faith so as not to be influenced. It wants us to be hidden, not out in the world. So ask God to help you 
Ask your friends to help you see, are there areas in your life where really you've turned your dimmer switch on or you're not shining? Are there ways you're living or speaking because it's about word and deed where really you're, it's no different. You're having fellowship with darkness. You're partaking in darkness rather than exposing because that's what God wants us to do. It's a grace. It's a mercy for the darkness to see what the light is. For people who are captive to sin to see what the truth is, that is a mercy of God on a world of darkness. And so we must watch and pray that we can be fruitful by living lives that shine in a way that expose darkness. And lastly, walking in the light in a way that is fruitful is about seeing the kingdom of God grow. Because that's why we're exposing the darkness. It's through that work that God in his grace will save people. We've got our last two verses. Verse 13, 14. When anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine in you. God has ordained not to save people by his people not shining, but through his people shining to bring conviction. Now, 1340 is sort of tricky or difficult little to understand clearly where the phrase is headed, but God has thankfully given us that therefore that helps us understand where to go with it. Because verse 14 says, Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What God has just said about exposing the light and things becoming visible is the outworking of that phrase or sentence. It reminds us how we are saved. The Waco sleeper. That is how God calls us and saves us. God in his grace came to you and he says, Awake, come to life. And then God by the Spirit brings new life and he raises you from the dead. And then he begins a new life and you under the glorious light of Jesus. And so for a sinner to awake and rise from the dead into the light of Christ, that comes as God shines the light of the gospel, the truth of his word, and we're exposed. Because it does two things. Either we're going to shut out the darkness because we don't want the light, we don't want it, or it's going to just open us up and we're going to see ourselves in a way we've never seen ourselves before. When God said to you, awake, he worked in you in a way that you didn't push back at the light. You actually saw yourself in a way that you had never seen yourself before for the first time. God worked so you saw just how terrible your darkness is. God made that visible to you. He took the scales off your eyes and you realized, I'm darkness. And then God used that to bring you to repentance and that showed that you're in the light. The shift from being unable to see to seeing from darkness to light is God working salvation as the gospel is declared through word and deed. And so it's important. If people are truly to be saved, it comes as their darkness is exposed. There are people who want to grow the church today just by adding people or doing things or showing the commonalities we have. Just come and join us. But the word of God says we are saved as we see our darkness, as we're convicted of our sin and as we repent. The great preachers of revival, when we prayed for revival, came as they preached the law of God, the righteousness of God, so that people suddenly saw they are sinful. 
And once they saw themselves, like on the day of Pentecost, they go, what must I do to be saved? We are to shine in our lives, through our preaching, that people might actually recognize they are sinners. That comes through the light. And then ask Jesus, what must I do to be saved and to trust in him? And so this morning I pray that as we head out, knowing who we are in Christ, that he has take, God has taken us from darkness to light, that we will live fruitful lives, bearing good fruit, pleasing the Lord, not partaking in the work of darkness, exposing the light, all unto this marvellous end by the grace of God, that people become convicted of sin, cry out to Jesus and join us in the light. I'm going to lead us in prayer, brief prayer, and then I'm going to hand over and have a short time where I encourage us, either quietly or out loud, if you come up to the front to pray, if you're at home, unmute, that God would help us in this. Because the worst thing or the last thing we want is just to go home and start doing something different. We want this word of God impressed upon us. We want to be praying it into our lives by the help of God. So I'll start. There'll be a time of open prayer and then ask Warren if he can close when he's ready. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for taking us out of darkness into light. So now, Father, please burden weigh your words upon our heart that we would be people who would be so clear of what you have done for us and who we are in Jesus that we would give everything we've got by your grace and through the power of your spirit to walk in the light and to be fruitful for your glory. Dear Father, we do thank you and praise you so much for saving us by your grace through the blood of Christ. And we pray, Lord, and Holy Spirit, that you will please give us discernment so we will know what is pleasing to you. Help us to return to your word. Please purify our minds. Sanctify us in your truth that we may walk in a way that is pleasing to you. Help us, Lord. Renew our minds. Return us to you through your word that we may bear fruit and that many may see Christ in us and glorify you and be saved convicted of their sin and your righteousness and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, your word says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners and sits at the seat of scoffers in darkness but his delight is in or on the word of God and on it he meditates day and night like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. And I pray that um, as you have been pleased to shine your light on us and reveal the knowledge, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, we would meditate on your word. That we would desire to as it were, Lord, ingest your word in such a way that it dwells in us richly and causes us to shine. Causes us, Lord, to remember that we were once darkness and yet now we are light. Oh, I praise you for that this morning. We know that there is nothing good in us and yet you chose to call us. And so, Lord, again, I pray 
that this week we would go out as light, that we would stand bold in the truth of the gospel, that we would be people of the word of God that would meditate on it day and night and not walk in darkness. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in this moment of reflection that we can give thanks for the the light that you placed in the sky and Lord, it lights the way for us to go about our daily affairs, grows the plants. Lord, we thank you that as we reflect on your word that it is a light to our path. Lord, we need to spend time in your word so that our pathway becomes brighter. We see the example of Moses who spent time with you and he was radiant after being in your presence. Lord, we see that we need to spend time in your word. We need to spend time in your presence. That our lives would illuminate all the more the world around us. Lord, if you look in the night sky, even the smallest star shines brightly in the darkness. Help us, Lord, to be that light that shines even in the darkest places. Not that we are the light, but we are your light. Reflection of what you've done and are doing in our lives. So we thank you for your word, which has illuminated our minds today. And as we go through the week, that it will illuminate other people's lives as well, and they would see their own darkness and be drawn to the light, your light, yourself. Help us, Lord, to carry these things out for us in Jesus.